0: This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest
1: of the
2: MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy.
0: Welcome to the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Lloyd, Joined by my co-host, Justin Watson, Greg Hopkins. And we are in full-on promo mode tonight guys we are going to be joined by four of the fighters they are going to be on next week's valor 64 card is going down the saudi daisy wrestling arena in saudi daisy tennessee right outside chattanooga it is going to be a wild time, I assure you, and tonight it should be pretty wild, too. We're going to be joined by Logan Neal, just added to the card. He's going to be taking on Tanner Poe next week in a great fight. Uh, we're going to talk to Logan, uh, check in on him. We're going to talk to both sides of the main event, uh, two big heavyweights, big sexy Billy Swanson, El Jefe, Terrence Hodges, both going to join us tonight. And then, of course, we'll round out our interview session with Blood Axe Eric Olson, who's always an entertaining interview. So make sure you uh, tune into that here a little bit later. Gentlemen, we are about a week and a half away from Saudi Daisy. Justin, you'll be there judging. Greg, you're fighting. Man, you guys getting ready? We, we pumped or what? I'm
3: ready to see uh, Greg get knocked the fuck out. Yeah, he may do it, man.
0: Uh, uh, Roy, Roy Sanders is coming down with, with uh, ill intentions, Greg.
3: Well... I mean,
4: I, under- I understand whatever you're saying. I didn't even hear what you said. You said something about not the fuck out. But if you're looking for a highlight, real knockout, you're going to see one in that fight. I promise you.
3: <laughs> My boy.
0: I love it. I love it, man. <laughs> uh, of course, we're going to get to that interview. Uh, those interviews here uh, after we do a little bit of housekeeping around these parts. We've got to uh, recap last week's. Uh, UFC card and went down in Vancouver it was a Canadian card but uh, it was on ESPN plus and uh, man it was uh, it was pretty good I was actually able to watch the whole the whole show it's rare that I that I get a whole card in but I watched the whole thing and it was pretty entertaining I must say uh, a lot of the fights really delivered of course headlined by Justin Gaethje over Donald Cerrone, we'll get to that here in a moment, first we'll cover the prelims we uh, saw Austin Hubbard get a unanimous decision win over uh, Kyle Preplek, we saw Luis Smolka knock out Ryan McDonald, Chas Skelly gets unanimous decision over Jordan Griffin, I like Skelly as a slight underdog there in, in cash Hunter Azure gets unanimous decision over Bracketona, another slight underdog uh, the money was going in on him uh, and so it ended up being about a pick him by the time the fight went off, but if you got in early in the week, you've got Hunter around like plus like 170 or something. Also a good cheap DK play. Uh, Miles Johns with a split decision over Cole Smith, and uh, rounding out the prelims, it was Augusto Sakai with a uh, one-minute knockout of uh, over Mar- Marcine Tybura. Uh, Justin, uh, thoughts on the prelims? Anybody stick out? It was uh, not a great start for Team Canada.
3: Man, I'll be the first to tell you, I've, I've had some ass whoopings in my day, but I think I got my ass kicked worse than ever on, on this card. Um, Brad Katana, you know, ended up with three or four takedowns. Hunter Azure, really, you know, it's kind of how we thought he would win the fight was through takedowns. Kind of what we've seen from him before, but yeah, he didn't go for him. Um, no, yeah, he, he he didn't go for any, and um, you know, but he dominated the striking department, and uh, it's kind of where I, I thought Katana would would have the advantage there. Um, and I, I'm super shocked by. Uh, the Tybura fight, you know, I, I thought that he was going to get that one, and uh, he didn't. He didn't stay in there very long.
0: Bad loss for Tybura there, uh, Greg. Your thoughts? Anybody on the prelims jump out at you?
4: Uh, I, no, not really. I was just thinking on the on our DK list. I went with, uh, with Augusto with a against that was Tibera a good move there. Yeah, yeah I was I just, I just looking at their looking at their background and who they fought and and how long it's been and. How big how big Gusto was so I was just really taking that into consideration. But other than other than that, nothing else really stood out to me on the card. Uh, Katana losing actually was surprising to me. Uh, I, I was talking last week about putting a zero on my DK. I did put him on there, but Katana losing was uh, was was surprising to me what it was. Uh, but yeah, other than that, no.
0: Main card, we saw uh, Misha Serkinov uh, finally hand uh, Jimmy the Brute Croot his first loss. Peruvian necktie in the first round. Uh, good fight, back and forth, uh, and Crute had his moments, but Serkinov just too salty. Big step up for Crute to get past the test. Uriah Hall takes a split decision over uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. I was on ACJ there, so that one hurt. That was a close fight, man. I thought that you know Hall was landing the better strikes. ACJ had some very dominant positions, though, too. Split decision win for Hall is the under Underdog. Tristan Connolly, the biggest underdog on the card with unanimous decision win over Michael Perea out of Brazil, who came out acting a fool. I mean, I'm not sure about I mean <laughs> if you watch the fight, I mean, the guy was doing like cartwheels and backflips and breakdancing. I mean, he blew a lot of energy early, uh, and it ended up really costing him the fight. I mean, he was manhandling Connolly early. The, the size differential was uh, extremely noticeable. It looked like he was just going to kill him, but he never really would like pull that kill switch and he let Connolly survive and he completely gassed out and didn't have anything for him in the last two rounds. Um, And then, of course, Todd Duffy uh, gets the, I don't know, it wasn't a, no, I'm sorry, that was a no contest. Todd Duffy and Jeff Hughes was a no contest uh, because of an eye poke uh, in the first round. And then the co-main event, Glover Teixeira with a split decision win over Nikita Krylov. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on the main card minus the main event?
4: Yeah, I didn't do too hot on this one either. But uh, I will say that I guarantee you, no matter what, that this weekend I will be taking the very, 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 very bottom guy on the list of draft teams because every single week we say it and we joke about it. And, and, and it's starting to sound like a broken fucking record because we're always saying it every week, take the very bottom guy. I, I'm doing it this weekend. I don't care.
3: Vanessa Milo,
4: I'm doing it. But, yeah, let's keep going. That's the only thing that stood out to me there in that whole card right there.
3: Just yes. okay. I'm good with, with admitting defeat, you know. Um I lost every single pick on this whole main card. Uh I, I thought that crew was gonna be able to, to dominate in that fight and um, you know, I, I thought he would get it get a quick knockout. The I need to go back and watch that. I thought that he had him in a guillotine and, and rolled into just like a guillotine mount. I didn't didn't catch the Peruvian necktie but um I have to go back and check that out. Uh, I think Uriah Hodge kind of, you know, barely slid away with one there. Um, fight could have could have probably gone either way. I uh, didn't didn't think he was going to be able to pull it off though. Um, Michelle Prejera, man, if you can do that and and you know keep a, a little bit of gas in the tank and and go out there and win the fight, shit. <laughs> you know, you're you're in line to make a whole bunch of money i mean you, yeah you're, it's you're, a very
0: fan friendly style if you can yeah get it
3: up. <laughs> yeah but you know man i mean tristan conley you know like like i say he took the fight on five days notice i think he's a natural 55 fiver um you know he's not by any means top level 55 fiver um you know i, I think he's like Thirteen and six, maybe something like that. I can't really remember, but I know he lost. You know, he went like one and five in his first five pro fights or he six won. pro How fights. Fourteen and six. Fourteen and six. Okay, and um, I don't know, man. Like you know, Pajara at one point he was chasing him down and, and did a like a roundoff backflip, trying to kick him in the face, and then um, Conley was on his back and, and Pajara tried to try to do a backflip and. I guess like a double foot stomp to the sternum. I
0: think it's called Rolling Thunder in uh, WWE.
3: <laughs> really?
0: Yeah, I think uh, there's somebody that does that. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> But he but he, bounces, he bounces off the ropes. But uh,
3: Finn Balor does something like that, I think. Wow. Okay, so I've never heard of that. But, <laughs> um, but hey, look, it, it looked awesome. I mean, it, had he done it and landed on his sternum? Probably would have been probably would have been the end of the fight, but Maybe had he landed him. on his face, yeah, but had he landed on his face, it would have been the end of the fight, too, and Pajero would have been disqualified. Um, I don't know. He, he's he got to figure something out. I guess that he probably went in there thinking, you know, this guy's a lot smaller than me, and um, I'm just going to go out there and show off, and, and uh, Conley wasn't, he, you know, he came there to fight. He wasn't there to play around, and, um, you know, he, he knew that he he needed to weather the storm and, and tire Pajero out, and... That's what he did, and then got the win. Um, took home a hundred thousand dollars. Paez missed weight. They ended up getting fight of the night, so uh, Conley got both fight of the night bonuses, his and and Bahia. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So what? not only did he, he not only did he get his show money and his win money and a bonus, but he also got his opponent's bonus and twenty percent of his purse. So um, that have <laughs> hell of a way to get your uh, UFC career started, right? Is
4: that a hundred
3: thousand he got off of that fight alone, just for the bonuses? Just in bonuses, yeah. Plus, plus his show money and yeah. win money, and twenty yeah. percent so, of
0: uh, the other guys. Uh, yeah, and
3: them. yep, twenty percent of hate pay is uh, a purse. Um, oh man! So then, then you got uh, Todd Duffy and Jeff Hughes. Man, that was um, God, that was a lot like uh what we talked about last weekend with Ryan Bader and Chuck Congo. I don't know. Todd Duffy, you know, I was, I was looking forward to his return, and he came out strong. Uh, I think he was definitely winning the fight early. Um, then he, he took some shots, took some big shots from Jeff Hughes, and backed up against the fence, and he was taking some deep breaths, and uh, Hughes kind of posted off of his face. I never saw an, uh, a finger go in his eye, but um, Duffy said he got poked in the eye, and referee was asking him about it, and he, he said he saw a double, so, um, you know, that's, that's kind of, to me, that that's just looking for a way out of I me. Mean, you know, if you want to keep fighting, that's the last thing you're gonna say. Um, even if even if you can't see out of that bitch, you're you're gonna act like you're fine. Um, so with an eye poke, you know, you don't get you don't get five minutes like you do with a nut shot. It's it's kind of up to the referee's discretion. Um, and he, he told the referee he was seeing double and called in the the doctor. And as soon as you tell the doctor that it, it's over, um, so uh, I don't know, man, that was. Uh, that was, that was disappointing. Jeff Hughes might have, just, might have gotten a uh, you know, his first UFC win taken away from him there.
0: Oh, uh, man. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the, of course, the, uh, the main event uh, was the one everybody was looking forward to. It was Justin Gagey getting the knockout of Cowboy Donald Cerrone. First round, late in the first round. Uh, and, uh, man, he really he clocked him good. He had him out on his feet, dropped him. Uh, referee looked like he was going to step in, decided not to. Gaethje gave him some more shots. Uh, referee looked like he was going to step in again and maybe decided not to again, <laughs> gave him one more, and then uh, it was over. Gaethje and Cerrone uh, friends outside of this whole soiree, and so you could tell uh, Gaethje was visibly upset with the referee over essentially making him you know, hurt Cerrone even more. But a uh, big win for Gaethje. I like Gaethje in this one, honestly. I, I you know, I thought that uh, the DK price on Cerrone was cheap and worth a flyer on. But, uh, you know, Gaethje's just a guy that, you know, if you go out there and get in a firefight with that guy, he hits hard. He's got a good chin, and it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, tough action for you.
3: Uh, Justin, your thoughts? That was a sad one for me. Um, you know, I think that Cerrone definitely the more technical fighter. I'm not sure what the game plan was. I don't know if there was. Uh, injuries leading up to the fight or what? But Cerrone threw one leg kick. It's the only the only kick that he threw. But um, just you know, it's it's not his normal game. Um, you know, he's pretty much stuck to the boxing. Gaethje was throwing the leg kicks, and once they got in close, you know, Gaethje landed that that right hand. And uh, I don't know, man. It, I, I think it was a good stoppage. Um, you know, Cerrone was was debating it, but he's a warrior. He's he's gonna try to fight to the end. Um, I I like the fact that that Gatey was, you know, yelling at the ref on that one. He said that, you know, before the fight, the ref had come back there and, you know, the refs always come back and talk to the fighters and kind of let them know what what they're looking for. And, um, you know, the ref, I guess, said, you know, if if I see you fall face first, I'm stopping the fight right away. And um, that happened to Cerrone a couple times right there, and, and the ref didn't stop it. And, you know, Gaethje was kind of looking at him saying what the fuck, and... Um, you know, but uh, huge win for Gagey. Um, you know, definitely launches his career. Um, you know, tough, tough to see cowboy go out like that, but, um, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll have a few more good fights left in him. Greg,
4: Uh, I mean, I, I, I went with Gagey on that fight. I bet on him heavy on the, on the, on the books. Actually, I just, uh, I thought he was going to be too explosive from the beginning. And I don't know if, uh, Cowboy was going to be able to like settle in like he does usually get to and let the fight come to him because I mean, Justin was bringing the fight the whole time and that's just uh felt bad for Donald and uh you know, I mean, it was class eight by like you, by not like just you know, I mean, I felt bad for Cowboy, that's how I felt about the whole fight.
0: Yeah, I thought uh, I thought that it was um, you know, Cowboy's one of these guys where. Regardless, he's going to have a fan base. He's going to, you know, he's still going to draw viewers' attention. Uh, regardless, win or lose, he's just, you know, he's in yeah. there in 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 uh, marquee matchups all the time. He's he, he's a guy that's you know beyond having. Uh, the layup fights, you know, he's always going to be in there against the very best. So uh, I don't think he loses a whole lot of stock. Big win for Justin Gaethje, though. And uh, let's do a quick uh, biggest winner and loser uh, for me. Um, you know, I guess the easy one would be Gaethje. Uh, you know, it's a big win for him. He should uh, stay in the spotlight with another big marquee match. Uh, but then uh, I'll give an honorable mention to Tristan Connelly, with a you know big underdog comes in and uh, pulls that upset and uh, likely uh, you know has uh, earned himself a UFC spot for the next uh, several months at least, or at least two or three more fights. So let's we'll see how it goes from there. Greg, big, uh, biggest or oh, sorry, biggest loser for me. I'm going to give. I don't think it's Cerrone, honestly. I'm I'm going to go with uh, man. Maybe, maybe Michelle Pereira, because uh, because that was a fight he definitely should have won. But at the same time, with his style, I don't think he's gonna have to worry about not getting fights. Uh, I'm gonna go. I think honestly, with uh, hmm, let's go with Marcin Tybura. That's a uh, you know, he's on that – he's on a slippery slope right now. I don't know – you know, they, they need uh, big guys. Heavyweights are, uh, you know, at a premium. But uh, losing this one was, uh, you know, uh, not not doing him any favors. Uh, honorable mention to Jimmy Crute. Uh, you know, it's only his first loss, but, uh, you know, now he's finally lost. Uh, Justin.
3: Um, biggest loser I got I to gotta go with, Todd Duffy. You know, coming off of a four-year layoff, um, everybody was, was high on his return. He was – you know, given a guy who was zero and one in the UFC, and you know, for for all accounts, it looked like they were they were kind of feeding him to to, to Duffy. Um, you know, Jeff Hughes was the favorite uh, in, in the odds, but I don't know that that kind of threw me off. And, and judging by the fight that happened, you know, Duffy was was definitely winning the fight. Um, and then just just to kind of bitch out like that, I don't know. That that kind of makes them uh, my biggest loser, biggest winner. Um, I don't know, man, I'm going to have to kind of, I'm going to probably actually, I'll probably go with Glover to share it. You know, he was, he was on a two fight win streak, but, um, I kind of thought this was going to end it. I thought that the Krylov was, was, um, you know, since he's been back in the UFC, uh, he's kind of, he's, he's been on tear and, um, I thought he was going to be able to get it done. And, uh, you know, Glover wrote out a split decision there. So, uh, I'll give Glover the uh, biggest winner of the night.
0: Greg, biggest winner, biggest loser?
3: Uh, who was it? Tristan Connelly that she said won 100K? Yeah. Yeah.
4: Okay, that's my biggest winner. Uh, <laughs> uh, straight up right there.
3: That would have been uh, mine that's, too, that's, but Tim already picked him. Well, straight up. Well, Uriah
4: Hall then, you know, because I definitely counted him out of the fight. Uriah Hall is the biggest winner of the night for me to do that and then uh well, did you say crew would be the biggest loser for anybody anybody say
0: crew uh, no. no, you're good all right well then crew then biggest loser uh, all right that'll do it for ufc uh vancouver
3: hey uh, yeah before before we move on what do you guys think um uh, what's next for gagey and then Cerrone?
0: Uh man, uh man, that's a good question. I think uh man, that's a real good question. I think Gaethje, uh deserves a, a big fight here. I don't uh right that's a, you put me on the spot here, so right off the top of my head for me, it's hard for me to think of uh who
3: it would be let me just give you a caveat. Yeah. So so Gaethje, you know, obviously they're they're talking about um DC in the cage, asked him if he wanted the Irishman uh or the Russian, and he said the Irishman's retired, you know, I want I want a, I want Khabib before he's gone. But, you know, Tony, Tony's going to get that fight. So if Tony wins, obviously everybody would, would be into seeing Gaethje and, and Ferguson. Um, so I guess my bigger question is, uh, should, should Gaethje and, and McGregor fight? Uh, I think that would, you know, that, that, that would put them probably in November, December. And I think uh, Habib and, and Ferguson is, is in early November. So um, what do you guys think about that? I, I, guess I, think it's a,
0: just, I think it's a war, man. I think uh, Connor and Gaethje is a is a fan a fan favorite fight. You know that they're, they're gonna throw down. It's gonna be great. Uh, you know that, that
3: would be that would be a fight I'd love to see. Uh, maybe
0: cow. What about Cowboy
3: and maybe uh, Felder? Cowboy and Felder would be tough to get booked. I think you know they've they've spent a lot of time together. Yeah. Um, you know, Felder spent a whole bunch of time at, at Cowboy's ranch. Um, I think it'd be a hell of a fight. I don't want to see that for Cowboy. Honestly, um, I, I just don't want to see somebody that's going to come in there and and do damage. I mean, Felder's hard to get out of there, and and Cowboy's going to take some damage in that fight. Um, but as far as uh, for me, Gaethje and McGregor, you know, it would it would ultimately that that would be. Um, I I think it's it's. A better case scenario than, than what they were talking about. If Ferguson couldn't take the fight and give him McGregor, Khabib right now, um, you know, at least fighting Gaethje and getting a win would would put him, you know, it, it would give give uh, some solidification to him going back up and, and fighting for the title. Um, but I think it's a hell of a fight. I, you know, I think uh, I, I, I think McGregor's a little more technical. Than, than Um, but but we've seen you know either one of those guys lands and and it's it's lights out. So I think it's a hell of a fight. I think it'd be a great matchup to put on the same card as um, as could be Ben Ferguson.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, Gaethje came out of that pretty unscathed, you know. So I would, wouldn't imagine he's going to want a long uh, a long time off before he gets back in there. So I'd be uh, yeah yeah definitely be a fan favorite fight
3: for sure. Yeah, what'd you think, Greg?
4: I I was under the impression that uh, Conor McGregor was hands Hanson East fighting it on 240, UFC
3: 245 against Dustin Poirier, so I didn't really know. Conor uh, posted on Twitter, uh, Dublin December 14th. There's some, some, some date in December, but the date that he that he put was actually, there, there's already a fight booked in Vegas that day, so he made it kind of sound like they were going to come to Dublin on that day, but he's that's not going to be the case that you know they're already scheduled for sure. vegas then um you know he, he's he has ignored gaethje completely in this and and Poirier has called him out and he's kind of responded to that but um just kind of like not really um accepting the fight though do you think that Poye would be a better fight for for mcgregor to come back to than gaethje
4: no I think that Gagey would be the only fight to come back to, except, you know, like, that's, I mean, I don't, not a rematch of one that we've already seen before.
3: I don't, I don't want to see it. I don't, I I, I, don't, personally, I don't. The only thing that intrigues me about the Poirier fight is that we saw it at, at 145, and, you know, obviously, you know, Poirier beat the 145 champion at 155, so he was depleted there, um, you know, and possibly cutting too much weight, so was that a factor in, in the Connor fight, um, would would be interesting for me, but uh, but I agree. I think that that the Gagey fight is the most entertaining fight. I just don't know if 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 a win over Gaethje, you know, kind of solidifies Conor as, as being there for a title shot. Who who was uh,
4: who what, what like who would he have to beat to solidify that? Because uh, I mean, uh, who's next in line? I mean, Gagey would have to would have to beat him, right?
3: I think he'd have to win at least two fights. I, mean, I, I think you that. Think, Yeah, I think I think you would probably have to beat someone and then Gaethje or, um, you know, yeah. I I mean, I kind of think that if uh, if the stars were to align, I think that Gaethje would wait for the title shot. Connor would fight um, somebody else. I I don't have the the rankings in front of me, but Connor, uh, you know, I know that I think Gaethje was two, Connor was three and Cerrone was four. Um, or something some, that those, those three were, were between three and four. So, um, that'll be switched up a little bit, but you know, I, I would like to see Gaethje wait for the title shot and Connor fight, uh, whoever's next in line. And then the winner of that fight well, the winner. Of Gaethje did you already,
4: and... I heard y'all throwing names back and forth. Did you already throw up the Cerrone and, you know, that could be a good, you know, retirement fight for Cerrone, in my opinion, right there, you know, Cerrone. that's a good
3: payday I'm certain And McGregor, right? Cerrone and McGregor. It's that one, been talked about if, if that if if McGregor or I mean, uh, sorry, if Cerrone would have won this weekend, I think that would definitely be the fight to make. Um, but with Cerrone coming off of a loss, I don't know that I don't know that it's a great retirement fight for him. Um, it kind of, you know, it kind of depends on where, where Connor said that if Connor's just coming in there, uh, you know, as a celebrity trying to make, make some money, it'd probably be a great Great retirement fight for Cerrone to to get a a big win over uh, a big name like that, but if but if McGregor's coming in hungry and, and really wanting to reestablish himself, you know, as a dominant player in that division, I think it's a bad fight for for almost anybody. Yeah,
4: right.
0: Ah, that's cool. We'll see what we'll see what Dana White has to say about this one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That'll wrap up our UFC Vancouver discussion. Let's move on to this week's action. It is another kind of light week. We do have UFC event, another UFC on ESPN Plus card, number 17 to be exact. It's going down in Mexico City, I believe, uh, for this one. It's going to be a main event uh Yair Rodriguez against Jeremy Stevens. Uh this is one that is a little low on star power, in my opinion. A lot of a lot of Mexican, uh, Latin American, Brazilian fighters on it. There's a few Americans, but uh there are still some potential action fights on here. Prelims, uh again, everything's on ESPN Plus. Uh we start at five o'clock Saturday. Claudio Puelas takes on Marcos Mariano. Sejara uh, Eubanks takes on Betch Correa. Uh, Vinicius Morea versus Paul Craig. Uh, Sergio Pettis takes on the late replacement Tyson Nam. Uh, Angela Overkill Hill stays busy taking on the late replacement Ariani. Carnalosi out of Brazil and uh, the final, let's see, we've also got Polo Reyes. Uh, he's a good action fighter out of Mexico, taking on Kyle Nelson, the Canadian. Um, and then the final prelim is going to be Jose Alberto Quinones taking on Carlos Joachin. Uh, Some familiar names on here, some unfamiliar names on here. Any thoughts on the prelims, uh, Greg? Um,
4: uh- will be 100% honest. And since I'm fighting next Saturday, I've completely checked out of all everything. And I've been looking at the card uh, since four today. And the only mismatches that I can really see coming up is uh, Paul Craig.
0: <laughs> no, uh, Paul Craig. I mean, that's,
4: that's the only one I can really see. So, I mean, I would probably maybe, but I really don't know. I, I, I've been looking at the, uh, at the, uh, at the DraftKings too, and then like you said, it's not a lot of star power. There's not a lot of high guys up there. I'm damn sure tell you right now. I don't care who the bottom person is on the list. I'll tell you who she is. Uh, I'm taking her because <laughs> the last like six weeks, last six weeks straight, the bottom person has at least had a draw or won or scored like sixty fucking points. So okay. I might as well just take them. You know, at, at that price of sixty five hundred, you're going to get your you're going to get your money's worth. So
0: so, anywho, uh, yeah, Craig is maybe the only one I see there. Yeah, yeah, Craig is. Uh, Craig is. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's a familiar face on here. Uh, Eubanks and Betts Correa might be interesting. Uh, Pedis and NOM should be a good action fight. Mm, mm-hmm. That's about <laughs> it for me on the prelims. Justin, anything stick out?
3: Um, I I think the the Pedis and NOM fight's interesting, man. You know, nom has been around since like two thousand six. Yeah. Um, he's been around forever, and and just to finally see him getting. Uh, this UFC shot is kind of cool. Um, Sajar Eubanks and uh, and Bets Coheya, I uh, think it's kind of an interesting fight. You know, Sajar won won the Ultimate Fighter um, in that weight class, I believe, and um, then them, them, then vacated the, the the belt, but she's lost to to Aspen Ladd a couple times and and lost to Caitlin Chikagan. Um Yeah, I, I would definitely take uh, Bech Kohea in that fight, but it. It's it's a fight where where Sajar can can prove her worth, you know for sure. I mean, if she can take out uh, Betshcohea, then it then it kind of shows that she deserves to be there. Her only win in the UFC, she got two wins in the UFC: Lauren Murphy and and Roxanne Modafferi. So, um, you know, both those coming off decision, um, you know, I think she needs to needs to prove herself, and then Betshcohea is a, a good person to to prove herself against. Um, those are the only two, the only two I really have much interest in, in on the uh, undercard. Though, who did you take in that fight that Eubanks and in, in Best fight? Man, I'm, i I got to take Betch out. Hey, I, I don't think that uh, I think Eubanks is uh, I think she got lucky in the Ultimate Fighter, and yeah. uh, I don't I don't think she deserves to be here honestly. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: The main card, uh, we got a five-fight main card. A little more uh, name value on there. Not a whole lot. Uh, Martine Bravo takes on Steven Peterson. Um, Irene uh, Aldana takes on Vanessa Mello, who is also a late replacement. It was originally supposed to be uh, Marion Renault against Aldana. So uh, that's a late replacement fight. Uh, The undefeated Russian uh, flyweight, Askar Askarov, takes on Mexican Brandon Moreno. Um, And uh, let's see, Carla Esparza. Uh, that will take on Alexa Grosso. That's co main event. That one might be interesting. The main event, uh, should be a good action fight here. Yair Rodriguez, featherweight action against the uh, little heathen Jeremy Stevens. Uh, Justin,
3: um, most competitive fight on, on this card or on this main card that I see is probably uh, Carlos Barza and Alexa Grosso. Um, Alexa Grosso gonna have the crowd behind her. Uh, she's you know coming off a loss, I, I believe, to um. Tatiana Suarez, uh, just kind of got out wrestled, and, you know, Carla brings that, that same, um, that same skill set, but, you know, obviously not, not nearly as, as talented as, um, as, uh, what's her name, but, um, that's, that's probably the the most, uh, the closest matched fight. Um, Murray, I'm looking forward to seeing Miranda come back. Um, you know, I to think that, is he the favorite in this fight? No,
0: no, the the Russian Askar. That's what a minus was Minus one seventy.
3: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I th- I think that that's uh I think that, that might be a good underdog to pick on there. Um, you know, Brandon Moreno, we we've seen we've seen a lot out of him, and um, you know, big time for the for the flyweights to shine. So, um, uh, good fight to keep an eye on. Yair and Jeremy Stevenson. That think that's close to a pickem, isn't it?
0: It is. It is. It is a pickem. Yeah. Long. There's a lot of there's a lot of very closely lined fights here.
3: So Jeremy's been um, in Mexico for the last four or five weeks, I guess. Um, he's you know rented a house up there and and kind of took his training camp there just to get ready for the um, the elevation in Mexico City, which is you know something we haven't kind of we haven't touched on, but that's going to be a factor here. Um, you know they're going to be they're going to be high up and and cardio is going to be at at play uh but yair is is you know training in mexico city so um you know i don't think jeremy's going to get any advantages there but but maybe catch up uh you know jeremy's been around forever seasoned veteran yair's a a up-and-coming prospect you know wild striker um jeremy's just just kind of a a power striker you know he he comes in there and, and likes to brawl and um, but he's been around for 13, 14 years. You know, he's, he's kind of seen every style that there is. Um, in his last fight, he fought Zabit, which is, is, you know, a similar style to what Yair is going to bring. You know, Yair is, what's dangerous about him is that he brings a, a real uh, unorthodox, uh, um, wild, you know, uh, flashy, uh, striking, you know, uh, game. And but But Jeremy just saw that with a guy who probably has a little more pop in his his punches and um, I think uh, Jeremy's going to come play spoiler in this one you know Um, the adopted Mexican beating the uh, the uh, (laughs) Mexican born Greg your thoughts on this main card I'm just going to run through here and give you some that I
4: like. I'm going to be fade Angela Hill just because I always fade Angela because she likes to lose and she's okay with coming in second in a fight. Uh, let's see. I'm skipping the next one, going on, moving up. I'm going to take Martin Bravo against Steven Peterson. I'm going to take, uh, okay, and then I said I, said I was going to take the bottom bottom guy on a Draft King, which is Vanessa Mello, but after seeing that she's fighting, Irene Aldana, Aldana, and I'm I'm just, again, I'm kind of like, no, I don't really want to do that. So I might just leave her off and Irene off and just go Team Mexico on this shit this weekend and really just see how it pays off. Maybe the only other, uh, I don't know, man, Justin hit a a, a key point, I know, Brandon Moreno, how they're training uh, and, you know, all the Mexicans are training at such higher elevations and, like, and uh, and it's more humid, it's hotter, and this, that, and other thing, like, uh these, like, you know, the uh, Carla the fight with uh, with Grosso, that, that's something to keep in mind right there. And you said that was going to be an interesting fight. And if you think about that with the uh, with the condition in mind, you might want to kind of edge towards Team Mexico there again. Uh, and the underdog that you said, Brendan Marino, that's, uh, mm, uh, if you wouldn't have pointed out all that, I might just go have to see where these guys live and how high elevation they train in all the time just to see how I want to take this. Look at this stuff. That's a good handicap right there to think about.
0: You know, Justin had a uh, was high on Beth Correa. She's actually one of the uh, bigger underdogs on this card. You can get her as as uh, high as plus two twenty five.
4: Wow! I got to fade Beth Correa. I got I don't like. I just ever since ever since she talked all that shit and then uh and just got knocked out by Ronda Rousey and then she's talking that shit to Holly Holm like stand up women and she got knocked out again. I just I don't know. Somebody just I don't know. I just don't – I don't know. I don't like her. I don't know. I guess that's what it is. I can't – I don't hate her or nothing like that. I just don't like her anymore. I don't
3: know. I, don't I, mean, like, I mean, I'm just riding u Eubanks. I don't like Bechcoe either. But, you know, right? Eubanks <laughs> – the, the thing the thing about Eubanks for me is that, you know, she won the Ultimate Fighter in order to um, compete for that title and, and then got scared basically you think she's, and, Yeah, you think and, she's and, fraudulent and is
4: what yeah, thank Yeah, you think she's yeah, yeah yes. exactly. Yeah. And I agree, man, but I just I, bet, ugh, ugh, I, just,
3: I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, check this out. Check this out. Besgohea, okay, since coming into the UFC, uh let's see here. Okay, so her first three fights in the UFC she won. Uh she beat Julie Kedzie, uh Jasmine Duke and and Shayna Baszler, beating Jasmine Duke and Shayna Baszler. Two of the four horsewomen kind of set her up for that Ronda Rousey fight. So then she fights Ronda. Since Ronda, she's lost four of six with one draw and one win. The only win is a split decision over Jessica. I, you know, I I think that she's pretty damn fraudulent uh, as well. She got she got some early wins. You know, I think the only legitimate win she got there was Julie Kedzie. Um, I think that Shayna Baszler was kind of past her prime, and Jessamyn Duke was wasn't there yet, uh, and, and the Julie Kedzie fight was a split decision. So, um, my 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 biggest thing on on thinking that Betschcohay is going to win um, is that Sejar Banks is is just fake. Uh, you know, Wolf Ticket. That's, that's, uh, yeah, Wolf Tigger. garbage. That, that's yep.
0: <laughs> Well,
3: you heard it here, folks. That
0: is our uh, preview (laughs) of USC on ESPN Plus, number 17. Goes down to Mexico City this Saturday. We will uh, recap this bad boy next week uh, in brief before we get into our Valor Picks panel. And without further ado, that brings us to our interview portion of the program. Let's get on the line with our first guest, Logan Neal. Up first on the line tonight, we have got Logan Neal getting ready for his next bout. It's coming up next week at valor 64 valor 64 man we've already gotten up there pretty high it's going to be going down at saudi daisy wrestling arena we're venturing out of knoxville this time going down to saudi daisy it's going to be a huge card and uh excited to have logan on the card logan thanks for joining us tonight no problem man i'm glad to be on here Absolutely, man. Well, you know, you're coming off of a, a win last week at uh, AFC down there, knocked off uh, Cody Shelton in a in a big win. Uh, you know, a fight that uh, you know a lot of people, myself included, to tell you the truth, if somebody had told me that I needed to lay odds on that fight. I would have made uh, Cody a a slight favorite more more than anything, just based on the fact that it was in his hometown, had a big record, all that good stuff. But you went in there and submitted him, and now uh, that's three big wins in a row, if I'm not mistaken now, and you've really uh, kind of come on in the past year or so. Like, uh, you know, I bragged on you as being one of the most uh, improved guys out there. Uh, You know, let's talk first before we get into, uh, you know, before we get into this fight coming up next week, let's rehash uh, last week and, uh, you know, kind of let us, uh, you know, fill us in on how that fight went with uh, Cody Shelton.
4: Oh man, it was uh exciting. I was uh pretty nervous going into it. Cody's a very well known uh fighter in that area, especially he's fought on like the uh island fights, uh for Dean Tool and UFC fight pass and stuff. So, um that was kinda nerve wracking going into it, facing that big of an opponent, man, and uh then fought Josh Miller before him as well, so so had yeah. two big fights back to back.
0: Well, you went in there and you got the submission, you know, against a guy from a vaunted, uh, you know, grappling uh, academy.
4: Yeah, man. Yeah. He's a and he's a very well-known wrestler, too. So he had a great uh, wrestling history. So it was awesome to go in there and get the submission in the second round. Kind of surprised myself a little bit on that one. So. Tickled to death, couldn't be happier with that uh, win. Congratulations,
0: man! That's definitely awesome to hear. Uh, before we jump into this next fight, I'm going to send it over to Greg here in a moment. But let's get, give us a, a quick little uh, little background. Uh, you know, a synopsis. You know, you know your background at whether it be in wrestling or grappling or striking, and what uh, you know what kind of got you into uh, MMA. Uh, you know, up, up until now, just a quick little catch up, if you will. Oh, man, so, like,
4: I can remember being like, middle school dude and just taking an interest in it. Me and buddies were doing it in the backyard. And uh, it's kind of funny, man. Like, came, came from the same crowd that uh, Eli Carlton, who's on this card as well. Um, we ran around a bunch of the same people back in high school and stuff and took interest in it way back then and was always kind of off and on in the sport. And uh, Agoge, the guys that I'm with now, I started with them back when I was probably 16 years old. And um, I think I yeah I even had my first fight with those guys, and left for a little while. Went to the MMA Institute, and um, then once they shut down, I went to the Killer Bees with David Robbins, and uh, really got got much better at my stand up game there. And then um, kind of just uh I took an injury and kind of kind of had to lay off for about a year, man. And um, came back and decided to take it back to the roots, man. Um, when I would lose fights, it was always on the ground, so. Um, figured I needed to definitely hone in on that and get it get better in that area. And um, so here I am back with a gogi and won three straight fights in a row now. So,
0: well, I'll say this you have, um, you have, I guess, put to rest any debate that we have here about how to pronounce your gym because I've been always saying it with a soft G, a go G. Uh, yeah. Which is obviously incorrect, and I'm sure everybody hates me for that. And then some of, but but like we really just never knew. I think Greg has has gone the with the other pronunciation from time to time, so uh, I guess we now we know it's a gogi. I'll stop being an asshole and calling it the wrong thing. <laughs> uh, so uh, you know, of course, um, you know, uh, like you mentioned, you taken about a year, uh, year and a half off in between competitions, you know, with an injury and whatnot. And I'll say this, you know, you're a guy that has has gone about things the right way. You know, your record has now uh, come up to where you want it to be. Obviously, you've got a a nice amateur record working for you. uh, But you were upside down for a little bit. That said, you were fighting guys that were tough competition. You didn't really have... Uh, you know, too many layups out there. You, you've you always fought tough guys, and in my opinion, I applaud that because, you know, you're not really – no one's going to remember your amateur record. You know, it's uh, exactly. it's something that ultimately is going to prepare you for the pros, and you want to be able to see uh, as many tough uh, tough opponents as you can before you make that leap and know what you need to work on. If it means you took a loss, then so be it, you know, as long as you grew from that loss. So props to you for for taking tough competition. You've been out there taking on tough guys, man
4: yeah man definitely i feel like so many of these amateur fighters man they're scared to fight somebody good and it it doesn't help then they get in the pro and they take like three or four losses in a row you know uh, because they're not used to that kind of pressure or anything and and i've always said man don't sugarcoat amateurs i learned that way back in the day like man you should you should fight you should be willing to fight anybody as an amateur man i mean obviously you don't want to be oh and oh fighting a five and oh guy but uh You know, as you build your record, fight those tough guys, man. Take those tough fights. Like, who cares? It disappears anyway. So, um, I'm definitely not scared to get in there with any any of these guys. Man, I don't have ever just said absolutely not on any fight um, that's been offered to me, you know. And I've always chose the, uh, if I got offered a 2-0 guy or a 4-0 guy, I always said, let me get the 4-0 guy, you know. Sure.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, I'll, I'll vouch for that. You know, your last one out before this one, you fought an undefeated Josh Miller, a guy that was four and zero, uh, and you yep. know, you you wanted to take that tougher fight. You went out there and and, and got the win against a guy that never been beat in what was for him a major step up in competition. Uh, so uh, you know, like again, congrats on both of those wins. Now you turn your attention to Tanner Poe who will be your foe uh, here next weekend, is Isadi Daisy. Uh, coming out of Blaylock's, you know he's going to be uh, well-trained. Uh, he's a tall, rangy, uh, lightweight. Uh, hasn't shown a, a whole lot of his ground skills yet, but he's shown that he's definitely a dangerous striker. So, uh, you know, before we talk about that, I'm going to turn it over to, to Greg, my co-host. Uh, what, what you got for Logan tonight, Greg?
4: Hey, Logan. How you doing, brother? Pretty good, man. How are you good, doing? I'm doing good man. You got a quick turnaround from a victory in Alabama. Uh I mean, you've had three three big wins back to back. Uh it was was it first it was Miller, then Powell, or is it Powell, then Miller, then Cody, right back to no. back. What's got well, what it who was it? Miller, then Powell? No, it was uh Powell Miller and then uh, and then Shelton. Cody. Shelton. Shelton, so you, you beat the number one guy in Alabama. Yeah, yeah. You you finished him with yeah, you finished him with a triangle there uh and uh you know i watched that fight Looked like you might accidentally hit him with a little knee there and it might have he might have pancaked on the ground he said he slipped so i mean you know he was being fair about it but i'm not really sure what do you think did you hit him or was it fair oh man i don't know dude it was just such a rush uh i just knew he shot in at the same time through a leg kick i don't really know (laughs) for sure if the knee landed it definitely looks like in the video but i don't think I'm, i'm not sure you know um I know, but uh, I, just, I just remember the whole crowd from Triad going absolutely nothing crazy, and I was just was like, I didn't see it. I, I personally didn't see it. And then when I watched <laughs> the video, I was like, Oh damn! I was like, Whoa, that was, that looked pretty bad. But uh, but see, yeah. so there's two or three different video <laughs> angles. But anyways, like look what we were saying. You know, everybody was sitting there thinking that Cody Shelton is out of his hometown. You know, he's he's heavily favored to win this fight. You know, and uh, we knew, uh, uh, we, I spoke to you the week before and going into it, you know, you said you knew where to respect your opponent and you knew where, you know, you had your advantages or whatnot. Well, uh, now being in your hometown, uh, how do you feel about, how, how do you feel about fighting here? Are you more nervous? Are you more relaxed? Uh, what's your take on fighting, you know, because uh, I know you step in enemy, enemy territory. You've done it in your last three fights. Now you're stepping in, you know, to your backyard. So, I mean, weigh that out for us. Oh, man. I mean, I'm honestly, I couldn't be more excited than to fight in my hometown. I think it always makes me fight better, man, because there's people out there that know me and I know them and, you know, people watching you. So it's like, I don't know. Parents, show, you know, usually my parents and grandparents show up to those two, man. Can't lose, lose in front of granddad, you know. So um, <laughs> <Yeah>. I always, <laughs> you know, I always feel, uh, I don't feel pressured. I just feel comfortable in there, man. I feel like I perform my best at home, just to be honest. Um, I think I always have felt like that. But, you know, I used to be super nervous to fight out of town, too. And uh, this really changed over the past, past year, man. Um, you know, so, so I, I've got to say that I feel like I'm going to perform better at home than I do out of town. Speaking of the last year, I mean, like, you've killed it. You're, I mean, you've, you're, you're 3-0 and in your last three fights. What is it, like, that's, that sparked you? What is, what's got you motivated? Please tell us. Like, what's got – I mean, because, you know, like, like Tim was saying, you started it out kind of upside down, and then since then something's, like, lit a fire in your ass and you ain't quit since. I mean, like you said, you're not afraid to fight anybody. You were, you were willing to accept the fight with Trevor Peak main event down there at the AFC, and then that one fell through, and then you fought Powell, you beat him, and then you're moving on. You fought one of another one of Alabama's best, Cody. Like, what's got you going? I mean, what's the motivation? Tell us your secret, mm-hmm. man. Just to just to know that I've got a whole gym behind me that that 100% supports me, man. They, um, you know, I don't know. It's just a confidence boost. Um, but now, like, you know, back when I would fight before, it was like, well, let's defend the takedown. Let's defend the takedown. Let's. Now it's like, dude, take me down. If you take me down, I'm going to submit you. If we stand up gonna piece you up. So either way, like and that's not to be cocky, man. It's just confidence. Um it's just a huge confidence boost now that I've got my jiu jitsu game up. Um I'm training with some of the I mean not some of the best, the best guys around here. Um and really I, I feel like some of the best in the US man as far as jiu jitsu goes. Um and Larry Scott, man, he's he's been a great stand up coach man. Um you know, super old school just standing there and eat those shots and and return them so just having that that mentality now that even if you take me down i'm okay i'm not there's nothing to worry about there anymore um standing up there's nothing to worry about you know so so just a huge confidence booster and that's really what's kept that spark going man is just um and pressing forward you know well uh we speaking of your next fight with Tanner Poe, you got a tough opponent. Like you said, we're lining them up back to back to back, and you're knocking them down. Uh, tell us in your, you know, in, you know, and your outlook of the fight. Like, where do you respect your opponent? I mean, I know him being from Chattanooga as well. You guys have got to cross paths somewhere or another, in some form or fashion. So, uh, tell us uh, where you think he should respect you. Where do you think you'll surprise him, and where do you respect him at? And, and what's your outlook uh, outcome of the fight? Man, uh, Tanner's a super fast guy. He's explosive, um, and every every fight I've watched, he's explosive, man. So I really respect him completely as a fighter. I, I I have no nothing to really say bad about him. But I know that you know I may not always be the fastest guy out there or anything, but I know my timing's good. Um, I mean, wherever this fight goes, I'm 100% comfortable, man. So so I'm not super. I, I'm respecting his style and everything but i'm not like nervous about it man I- i've fought plenty of tough guys so uh here's to another one well speaking of another one how many other ones we're going to have before you make that pro cross this is the last one man cody Shelton was supposed to be the last one this is the last one yeah, I- 100 percent. I-, I talked with tim i talked with tim man i said give me on that home card man <laughs> and and uh so here we
0: are <laughs> Well, I think and it's worked out kind of good here better. that, you know, you've seen uh, a pretty good spectrum of uh, of talent here since you've kind of made this return. You've had a couple guys in Shelton and uh, Miller that are more kind of grindy, grappler, wrestler, uh, grapplers. <laughs> now you're going to get a guy that's, that's definitely kind of uh, seen as more of a striker.
4: Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, like Josh, man, he kind of surprised me. I think I surprised Josh. You know, <laughs> like I don't think Josh was expecting my ground game. And uh there were a couple of shots there where Josh got me, man, and uh I, I thought it was lights out for a moment. So uh he surprised me and I feel like I surprised him and that was a super fun fight. Um and then and then when I got a hold of Cody, man, Cody is freaking strong, dude. That guy's strong, so and, and it, his pressure was unbelievable. So so I had to slow myself down mentally and start thinking
0: and just just had to um play my game so you know before we wrap this thing up man uh if if there's anybody out there that's on the fence about attending valor 64 which in my opinion should sell out before we ever open the doors man it's going to be hot uh give them uh give them a reason why man what what can they expect to see out of your fight in in the whole in the whole night as as you know as a as an event man
4: there's great fights on the card you got ian stevens you've got greg um greg's been training super hard i know um you've got uh billy swanson i mean you've got all kind of good fights on this card man then like i guess i'm kind of the surprise fight man if uh if you haven't seen me fight lately come out and check me out because i'm a whole new guy um from from stand up to the ground so so come see it and i don't think it's a show you want to miss
0: and uh, and I'm going to let you have uh, some time now at the end to get some shout outs where they're due. Any uh, training sponsors, uh, training partners—sorry, training partner sponsors, uh, friends, family, anybody that deserves some love. I'll let you have it, and then finish it up with uh, where uh, listeners can follow you on social media so they can keep up with uh, your your uh, goings on.
4: Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, shout out to Gogi for sure. Uh, Gogi Chatcroft—you can you can look it up as Chatt-Krov. Um Matt Harris, Sterling Peace um eli carlton man stacy meeks larry scott greg Hopkins has been a main training partner man um had a ton of help with this so uh i guess you can follow me on instagram at logan underscore neil 155 and you can find me on facebook at logan hunter neil
0: and uh that's it man that's all i've got <laughs> Once again, this has been a rising lightweight prospect, Logan Neal. You can catch him in his final amateur bout before he makes that leap to the pros. It's going down next week, Valor 64 at the Saudi Daisy Wrestling Arena. You can get your tickets at fighterticks.com. If you're coming to see Logan, make sure you choose Logan as your fighter so he gets credit. And, uh, of course, if you can't be there live, you can catch it all on Flow Combat. Logan, thanks so much for the time, my man. Best of luck next week. We'll see you here in, uh, here in just a little over a week. We'll be weighing in. Sounds good, brother. Have a good one. Up next on the line, we have got heavyweight prospect El Jefe himself. Terrence Hodge is joining us. Terrence, how's it going, my man? man? It's going good. How you guys doing tonight? We're doing great. We're doing great. We appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule to speak with us a little bit about the main event. Next weekend, Valor 64 going down at the Saudi Daisy Wrestling Arena uh, right outside Chattanooga, Tennessee. Terrence is going to be coming up from uh, the ATL, American Top Team Atlanta, going to be taking on Big Sexy, Billy Swanson. So we got Big Sexy versus El Jefe. This is a fight that uh, Terence and I have been talking about making now for for a few months. I'm glad we were finally able to make it happen. Terence, uh, you know you're coming off of a big win uh, at NFC just about a month ago. It hasn't been too long, so you know you've uh, you know you're rolling in the right direction now. Before we talk about this fight, uh, let's recap uh, the last one. Uh, walk us through a little bit of uh, you know tell us a little bit about that uh, that finish you just got. Well
5: um, got my last fight was against a guy. Uh, he had, he was one and one. Uh, He was a little green, got in the ring, and, you know, we was on two different levels. Uh, He went for a takedown really quick, and I stuffed it, took his back. My jiu-jitsu was just a little bit better, and grinded and pounding him
0: out. Got him him out of there in, like, 40 seconds. Hey, that's what I like to hear, especially when I'm uh, out here sweating it, Uh, you know, hoping you get out of there with no injuries. So that was definitely good news to hear Uh, you got him out of there without – without too much, uh, trouble, man. Um, you know, well, uh, you know, we, of course next week you're going to be in the main event. You're going to be taking on a guy, uh, that is, you know, fairly well known in the area had a pretty decorated amateur career in, uh, Billy Swanson. So, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about that. You know, you're going to be, uh, you know, Billy's known to be a good wrestler, uh, but he's also been known to kind of be drawn into, uh, into firefights out there in the middle. So, uh, talk a little bit about, um, you know, this fight, this matchup, and, uh, you know, uh, what what you see going down? Um, I actually love this matchup. I love the challenge.
5: Uh, I know exactly what I'm about to walk into going into Sody Daisy. I know the Soty Daisy fan base are are, are some of the best fan, fans in Tennessee. Uh, so I'm well aware that I'm going into hostile territory, and I need to represent. Um, as far as Billy Swanson goes, man, I know he's a tough dude, man. Wrestling is pretty good. He's got a nice single leg. Um he likes the high guard a little too much though. Uh I'm gonna be able to exploit that exploit that. Um he hasn't dealt with anybody with my type of speed or my skill in the stand up area. Um and I've been working really hard on my ground game with some division one wrestlers and some ADCC level grapplers. Um so uh, I feel prepared anywhere the fight might go, but I'm definitely aware of where I'm going to and who I'm fighting and I'm not taking for granted at all.
0: Oh man, I love to hear it, Greg. Uh, Greg Hopkins, my co-host on the line. He's going to be uh, a little further down the card from you, fighting that night himself. Greg, what you got for El Jefe?
4: What's up, Jefe, man? I, uh, I'm I, I'm new to you, man. I don't really know a whole lot about you, for, so for your uh, newer, you know, your newer listeners that at first time hearing you, can you tell me what your why is and like, uh, you know, your background, a little bit about yourself? Well,
5: well, I, I came into MMA from professional football. Uh, excuse excuse the noise in the background. But I came into MMA from um, professional football. I tore my Achilles uh, in camp for with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, which is the CFL team. Um, so I ended up walking into a gym and starting to train. I ended up fighting in three months. Uh, I took my first amateur fight in three months of training and turned pro in under a year. Uh, so I pretty much rushed my career and... My first five fights, I lost. Uh, all of them were, all of them. Some, the first one was a great fight, which was with Valor against a guy named Kim Oti. Um, he had about, yeah, that was a, that was an amazing fight. Uh, I felt like I won that fight. Still, I still to this day feel like I won that fight. But it was a, <laughs> it, was a it was a, it was a firefighter, man. If you, if you guys want to know who I am and what I represent, look up Kim Oti versus Terence Hodges. That'll <laughs> show you exactly who I am and what I stand for. Um after that I took a, a bunch more uh a, like four more fights back to back against some high level guys and I took some Ls there not because of it not not because of uh skill level but because of experience and I underestimated the experience that needed to step into the heavyweight uh ring in MMA like it's this is a totally different game uh no matter what your skill set is one punch can end your night or one one slip and fall you know, a guy gets mounted on you—you you don't get back up. Like those little mistakes would cost you here. So I've I've learned from a lot of mistakes. I've made a lot of mistakes, and I've gotten better after every fight. Now you're going to see uh, this high-level guy that everybody around me thinks that I am um, show up in the ring.
4: Hey, well, uh, here now. Okay, you've been you've been fighting around everywhere, but now you're stepping into somebody's backyard. You know how does it feel? How do you like? Do you like? Do you feed off that kind of, uh, you know, being the hated coming in, the you know, the underdog, better than the you know, the hometown hero? You're fighting, you know, like you know what I'm saying? They're not going to really love you so much coming here. So, how, do you feed off that, or do you kind of, you kind, do that kind of? You get to, that? What, how you feel about that?
5: Man, the pressure, the pressure-packed situation is going to make or break some people. To me, I, I thrive for those moments, man. I like I told you. From the beginning I know exactly what I'm going into and I expect the crowd to be loud and I expect everybody to boo me um, I expect to feel like it's one on1,000 1, people like I expect to feel that way when I get into that ring and I'm, re- I'm more than prepared for it um I will be thriving off that but pressure goes two ways though man like it's a lot of pressure on me but it's gonna be extra pressure on him that's his family and friends and he's just coming off of a uh, devastating loss itself. So and I know what that feels like to have to come back from a KO loss to get right back in that ring. So I know what type of pressure he's carrying on his shoulders as well. Hey, I love it, man. And it's very
0: very well said, very well spoken. You know, and obviously, you know, you can't turn back the clock hindsight's twenty twenty. But, you know, you mentioned yourself that you did you had a very short stint as an amateur before you jumped into the pros and uh and me and greg were just having this conversation yesterday the heavyweight division for pros is like different than everywhere else there is you know in the other lighter divisions you can kind of be brought along a little bit uh at a a slower pace but there's just not really uh, you know when you when you when you've got guys that are 265 pounds that are pros you know like, like you said yourself, one punch can can change the course of, of the whole fight. When you've got guys that are that big, do you regret not taking more amateur fights to kind of, you know, build up your base before jumping in, or are you, uh, you, you know, are you happy with making that that jump and, and kind of going in there and getting a trial by fire, and now you kind of know what what you're up against? Um,
5: that's a tough question because I've learned so much from the loss, the losses that I've uh, had. That it's kind of hard for me to say that I would want to go back and change, but of course you, everybody wants to be undefeated. Of course, I would rather go back and take about three or four more amateur fights and get and, and get uh, Kim Ot was a guy who had way more experience than me. Like the guy had the guy was on a he, he was supposed to blow me out pretty much. It's just going going out of, uh, for record wise. He he had much think like he had like. 12 to 15 amateur fights or something like that the dude, the dude the dude had a lot of fights he had been in a lot of wars and obviously my skill set was there but the experience level kept him in the fight um i dropped him early and his experience kept him in that fight where uh another another guy with my level of experience probably would have quit early i would have got a quick win um but to answer your question, man, I, that's. I really can't. I really can't answer. I can't say I will go back, and I can't say I don't want to be undefeated. So it's just yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of tops up there.
0: No, I understand for sure, man. It's it's hard to substitute the amount of. Uh lessons that you've learned in the cage against a high level of opponent already uh, you know obviously it'd be nice to have that record a little shinier to where you know you're a guy that with you know especially fighting out of the team and the area that you're in you know you're a guy that if you rip off three four five wins in a row you could get that call uh, to the big show just because of uh, A your athleticism and your, your you've, you've grown so quickly and B uh, you're at ATT man you know you've got uh, you, that helps you know having and being in, in those circumstances can get you uh, to the, those those opportunities uh, even faster. Oh yeah,
5: definitely. Um, training at ATT, I've been able to do two training camps with Junior Dos Santos while his main sparring partner. Like these these type of experiences, you can't get anywhere else. It's it's a part of the reason why I rushed my career because uh, after my after my first amateur fight, about two months later, I was Bigfoot's main sparring partner for for his camp. Then right after that I'm Junior Santos, who's sparring, main sparring partner for his camp. And these these experiences, I'm doing well in these sparring matches and I'm doing well and they're going one hundred percent at me and I'm doing well. So I'm taking that and trying to ride that wave into a real fight, thinking that I could make those mistakes against lesser guys and in the heavyweight division you can't do it, man. Like that but definitely training that ATT man, I've been able to be around some of the top guys in the world. Like, my main my main grappling partner right now has just got invited to the ADCC. His name is Paul Archuleta. Uh, he's a Division I wrestler at Notre Dame. He's a oh, wow. uh, 209 guy. So, like, he's ranked number 15 in the world in, uh, in Nogi. So, I have I have that to work with every day, and you can't replace those type of things, man. Um, I'm quite sure there's some great guys around Tennessee. Like, uh, I've trained with OSP a whole bunch when he comes to Atlanta. So I'm quite sure that Billy's getting some work in with OSP or some top double guys there, but he's not, he just doesn't have the training partners that I have and he hasn't been through the fire that I've been through. So when, when the, when the doors close and we touch gloves, I'm I, all the pressure is going to come, going to, going to, going to man. I, I I see him folding
0: within the, within one round to be honest with you. I don't see him making out of the first round. Well, you've got me. I was already really excited, but now I'm like really <laughs> stoked for this fight, man. you got me <laughs> yeah, wa- yeah. waiting for next week to get here, man. I'm pumped. Uh, before before we let you go, man, I want to let you have some time to uh, give some shout-outs where they're due. Any uh, sponsors, training partners, friends, family, anyone that deserves the love, go ahead and give it to them.
5: Man, definitely want to give a shout-out to everybody at American Top Team of Atlanta. Um, everybody at PP Cross Training in Atlanta. Uh, everybody at me has Irish pub downtown Atlanta. Those are one of my sponsors. Those guys take care of me all the time. Uh, the guys that eat clean bro, uh, for sending meals to our gym and taking care of, of our fighters over here. Um, that's about it guys. And everybody listening. Thank you guys for taking the time out to listen to me. Make sure you guys tune in on the 28th. I will be putting on the show. Sodie Daisy, I am coming. I know I'm the enemy. I know you guys are coming to boo me to come to see me lose. But I, I hope I leave with some of you
0: guys with my fans. You heard it here. Rising heavyweight prospect El Jefe himself, Terrence Hodges, getting ready to run into enemy territory and take on big, sexy Billy Swanson next week in the main event of Valor 64 is Saudi Daisy. If you can be there live, you can get your tickets at Fighterticks.com. Make sure you select El Jefe, Terrence Hodges as your fighter if you're coming to support him. If you can't be there live, you can watch it live on Flow Combat and see how it all goes down. Terrence, thanks so much for the time. Best of luck next week. We will see you at weigh-ins here in about, oh, about a week and a day. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me. On the line next, we've got the other half of your main event at Valor 64. It's going down next Saturday, Saudi Daisy, Tennessee at the Wrestling Arena. Big Sexy, Billy Swanson joins us. Big Sexy, how's it going, brother? Uh, It's going
5: good, guys. How are y'all?
0: We're doing good. We're doing good. We appreciate you taking some time to uh, to talk to us ahead of your fight next week. Of course, you're going to be the main event in your hometown, Saudi Daisy, Tennessee. You're going to be taking on El Jefe Terrence Hodges, who we just spoke with right before we brought you on the line, we had a really good interview with him. And uh, man, he's got me pumped up for the fight. I was already pumped up, but now I'm super pumped up after talking to him. Uh, of course, uh, before we get into that, though, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's been going on with you. You know, it's been uh, it's been a little bit of time, uh, you know, since you competed. Last time out was in January. We're towards the end of the year now. I'm sure that you uh, ideally you wouldn't want to take this time this long of, of time off uh, between fights. If you Bumps and bruises. Uh, tell, tell, tell me about the last uh, eight, nine months.
1: Uh, well, you know, I mean, yeah, I ended up uh, suffering a loss my last fight. And in that fight, I jacked my ankle up. And uh, it kind of hindered me for about uh, about two, three months when I would try and get back to training. I would re-injure it and, uh, because I was kind of like training a little bit with ego, like knew what I used to be capable of. and was like, oh, I should be able to throw this kick, and I'd throw a kick. I'd agitate my ankle or I'd drive off it a certain way and reagitate it. And, uh, so it took me like really having to sit down and kind of come to peace and be like, all right, Hey, you know, I, I know that I'm just going to reagitate my ankle. If I do this, so I need to keep myself from doing it. So it's kind of like, I don't know. It's like having a, a weapon in your back pocket, but not being able to use it. Like, so it kind of made me have to hone in on different skills and use my hands more, uh, start using my left kick a lot more. And, um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I feel very confident now in my striking, like, more than I've ever felt. Because, uh, I mean, I, that last fight it exposed some uh, openings that I had. And, you know, given I can take a lot of punches, I shouldn't take those punches. So, you know, I've upped my cardio. I've, I've fixed, you know, diet completely. You know, I, I mean, I've, I've really, really prepared for this fight. And I, I think it's going to be the best big sexy that steps in the cage.
0: Uh, it's awesome to hear man of course another man stepping in the cage that night uh a couple fights before you will be my co-host greg hopkins greg what you got for big sexy
4: well he actually answered every single question i was going to ask him right there one of the questions i was going <laughs> to ask is can we expect can we expect the same big sexy or is we going to see a little different a different uh different uh, Shui. way. I'm not sure, but, uh, and then I was want to ask you about your ankle injury and see how you're coming on that. Because I know once you got an ankle injury, you had to stay kind of stable and you were still trying to roll, but yet you can only do so much. And you were limited. Like you're talking about having the you know weapon in your back pocket, because I got to roll with you a few times and I could tell a difference. And just, uh, and recently and a long time ago and how much quicker you're moving, like your hip movement and everything. And you're just being able to actually use, use your feet and not have dead legs anymore. So, um, uh, one more thing I was wanting to touch with you on is uh, you guys actually moved – you didn't move gyms, but you guys moved gym locations. And uh, and uh, can you just, like, kind of touch base on that a little bit with your new gym you guys got over there at uh, Killer Bees? Oh, uh, man, no, no,
1: it's awesome. Uh, like, uh, we, we moved probably – it's probably another two miles up the road from where it was. We were at 72 Miles Creek Road. I think the address now is 1510 um, Stewart Road, uh, Suite 113. But uh, the gym that we moved to now is like three times the size of what we were in. So it gave us a lot more options. Like we've got a 20-foot cage set up in the gym. We're going to have an area where turf's down and we've got like, you know, workout equipment like row machine tires, uh, you know, kettlebells, stuff like that. We've got a, a big steel bag rack up with, you know, eight, eight to ten bags hung on it. Um, you know, we're going to have ample amounts of mat area. And uh, I mean, it really, you know, it just, it's a bigger and better place for us overall as a gym. And like, uh, it gives us more options as far as like, before we were kind of crammed in, man, and like when you pack a bunch of people in and you're sparring and stuff, like you're bound to run on top of each other. So you can never like really get going and keep people fully honest because you get you run into somebody, so you can't like really get going. But with more room, like, you know, it kind of keeps people more honest because, Now, you know, where you're able to kind of gear into punches and stuff, not have to worry about running into somebody.
4: Well, speaking of, like, changing gears and everything, we spoke about you changing gears. Uh, uh, You've turned up for this fight in the last few months. Uh, Can you give us uh, maybe – you've already spoke about your training and everything, man. You answered all my questions for me. So, I was just going to ask you maybe what you look for in this fight. Where do you respect your opponent? Where do you think he needs to respect you? Because I want to be honest – he gave us his prediction on the fight, and uh, uh, if I could tell him, Tim, I'll go ahead and tell you, Bill. He said he don't see you making out of the first round, and you're probably going to get knocked out, in so Daisy. Uh, well, I mean,
1: dude, honestly, it's funny. You know, it's like a broken record hearing my opponents through the long list of 12 opponents. Every one of them said they're going to knock me out, that I have no chin, that my wrestling's high school-level wrestling. You know, they all run them out. They talk the trash, but they can never back it up. I'd like to see him come in and back up what he's saying. If, if he's going to knock me out in the first round, so fucking be it. Like, I'm not afraid. I'm, I'm not going to back down. Like, I don't know. It's funny. Like, uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, they worry about win or loss. And, like, those nerves are not over me. Like, I train with good people every day. If I lose, I lose. At least at least I've kept in there and tested myself. But I promise you that I'm coming to knock him out. Like, I'm coming to finish him, whether it's with elbows, knees, kicks, fists. Or whether I choke him and rip limbs from him, that man will not survive in my hometown. You walk in my house, I will beat you like the dog you are.
0: Well, I think that uh, we were going to definitely get some good material for this whenever we put this podcast out, man. Because you both, you got, you, you're both super confident. You know, he was actually complimentary of your wrestling. Uh, he, he's aware that uh, that you've got good wrestling. He uh, he knows that he's walking into the lines then at, at Saudi Daisy, so he, he's aware of the type of atmosphere. He's going to be in, uh, he was saying, you know, he comes from a pro football background, so he's got, you know, he's he's been under pressure before, and that he's not really sweating that so much. Sounds like he's brought in some, some solid wrestlers to get him ready. So he, I do believe he respects wrestling for sure. And, uh, man, I'm just super pumped because we've got two big, like, I mean – now, I'm glad this is the last fight of the night, because uh, if y'all break the damn cage, then we'd be in trouble <laughs> by the time, if we if we were trying to do it earlier in the night, for sure, man. Uh, so, okay, you know, so what can we expect? You know, obviously, this is, uh, this is the second time we have been to Saudi. The last time we were there, it was crazy. I mean, it is like an atmosphere unlike no other. It is a very intimate venue. The energy is, it's a dome, and so the energy is kind of like... Held within there, and it is just electric. <laughs> for anybody that's on the fence about coming to this show, uh, given the pitch, man, what what is it? Uh, what what can they expect? Uh, not only from your fight, but from this this event as a whole. There's a, there's a lot of good fights on there, and honestly, tickets may not make it all the way to the doors.
1: Man, it, it's packed. I mean, I I tried to pull every string I could to you know, like be able to get this card put on, and like uh, I mean, I'm excited for it. You got Ian Stevens who was on the ultimate fighter like five six years ago he's been in active for like six years or so he's coming back having his comeback fight um you know eric olsen who is a good guy for uh, fighting uh bare knuckle boxing and all, all sorts of stuff all over the world he's coming down that's who Ian's fight, and that's our co-main you got greg and roy as uh the feature fight um my buddy elijah carlton and um Isaac or having that combat jujitsu jitsu match, that's going to be great. You know, like, you're going to see a lot of awesome, like, jiu-jitsu trade from both of those guys. Um, and then just it's stacked full of amateurs, man. Like, there's not a single person on this card that is not either, you know, a good hometown guy or, like, stacked with ability. So, like, I mean, I think it's going to be just like the last time. I think there was, like, 13 fights, if I remember correctly, and I think we had 12 finishes. Oh yeah, it, it was it was something ridiculous like that. So like I expect highlight lot real finishes. It's it's something about that crowd. That people don't understand when that cage is vibrating. It just brings the animal out in you. And uh, I mean it, it, it's gonna be great. I'm I'm really excited. Um, it's a, where I grew up wrestling. My name's on the wall for being a state champion. I coached there. And uh, I mean I remember when I was a senior in high school having senior night there and being like, man, I, I'm never gonna get to compete under these lights again. Like and feeling, like, heartbroken and, you know, wondering, like, oh, I wonder if I'll ever be able to, you know, compete under the And then I've been blessed to be able to so far have uh, two fights in the round gym. And, uh, I mean, it's great, man. I, I love fighting in my hometown.
0: Before we let you go, my man, I'm going to let you have uh, the chance to give some shout-outs where they're due. Uh, training partners, friends, family sponsors, anybody that that deserves uh, some love, go ahead and give it to them.
1: Um, yeah, I'd like to give a shout-out to everybody I trained with, you know, between uh, KMA, Chuck Krav Magal, and Agogi, and uh, everybody here at American Killer Bees. Um, big shout-out to my coach, David Robbins. You know, he, he always kind of helps me and uh, guides me in the right direction. Um, one of my good training partners, Joseph Long, uh, let's see here, um, Valor Fights for giving me the opportunity to showcase my talents again. Uh, Terrence Hodges, honestly, I, I'd like to say thanks for, you know, him him taking the fight and actually coming to my hometown. There's a lot of people who, when, you know, they're pitched that fight, like they don't they don't want to accept it. They don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't, they don't want to walk in my backyard. And, you know, so, like hats off to him. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, he's not pulled from the fight or anything like that. I hope he's had a great training camp. And, uh, you know, I hope he's ready to come put on the show because, honestly, I, I, I think this is about to be a war just like me and John Hall was.
0: Well, if you saw the John Hall fight, man, then uh, you know that that was definitely a war. He was referring to his Kim Odie fight. Uh, for people that want to see him in a war. So you guys have both been in some wars in, uh, in you know, throughout the in the Valor cage. So, uh, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're not familiar with these guys and you're listening, uh, check out those fights, man. And you can see uh, these guys kind of at their best. And uh, man, it's going to be awesome. Uh, Billy, before we let you go, uh, let everybody out there in uh, the Internet world know where they can follow you on social media. So they can keep up with your uh, your career, your fights and all the good shit you do.
1: Uh, well, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I don't really use my Twitter as much, so my Instagram and my, uh, my Facebook are more active. we have got Snapchat if uh, you're lucky enough to get the username. Um, but, uh, yeah, honestly, like, like I said, I'm, I'm very open. I'm, I'm friendly with uh, people. So if you're a fan listening to this and you want to reach out to me and uh, hit me up and either get some advice on training or, you know, like maybe want to come and cross-train at our gym, or anything like that. Just hit me up, and uh, I'm very active with my inboxes, and I'll reply to you. Please don't send me any creepy shit. I've had that happen <laughs> before, <laughs> so I'm gonna throw that out there. You know, I reply to you in school, but <laughs> you send some, me some off the wall messages. You're probably gonna get blocked. But uh, definitely, uh, thanks for having me. And uh, once again, like I said, I'm I'm ready to just showcase my talents next week.
0: Once again, this has been heavyweight professional prospect, big, sexy Billy Swanson. He's getting ready to return home to the round gym Saudi Daisy next week in the main event Valor 64 taking on El Jefe Terrence Hodges if you be there live, go ahead and get your tickets now because there may not be any at the door. You can get them at fighterticks.com. Make sure you put Billy Swanson as your fighter if you're coming to support Big Sexy. And if you can't be there live, you can watch it all go down live at Flow Combat. So make sure you check it out. Thanks so much, Billy. We appreciate the time, and we will see you next week. I'll see you guys then. All right, our final guest of the evening, Blood Axe himself, Eric Olson, joins us. Get ready for his co-main event next weekend at Valor 64, Saudi Daisy, coming in to fight Ian Stevens. Eric, how's it going tonight? It's going all right. How are you guys? We're doing good. We're doing good. We appreciate you taking some time out of your training schedule to, uh, to chat with us a little bit. Uh, of course, uh, you've been uh, last time out. You got, got the win at Smokey Stadium over John Hall. So, uh, so far, so good in the Valor cage. And you've also been out there uh, doing the bare-knuckle boxing. And you fought all over the world, of course, in, in that regard. So, uh, we're definitely right. excited to have you back down here, bro. Uh, you know, let's talk Thank a little you. about this fight. You're ta- you're fighting Ian Stevens. You're coming into his backyard next week. It's no, you're no uh, stranger to doing that. You know, you've done it uh, all over the world. Uh, Ian, a decorated wrestler. you known to be the striker, obviously. So you gotta got to get that age old matchup, a Striker versus Grabler. Yep. Talk a bit about the
2: match. All right. Um, I just wanted to start off saying a few things. First of which is thank you guys for taking the time to have me on. So you guys thanked me for taking for taking time to do it. I am thanking you to let me be on there. Second thing I'm going to say real quick was that win over John Hall. I, I'm not really. I don't like my performance. I don't like the way that night ended. Everyone knows how I feel about that, so I just wanted to put that one out there. It's not my thing. And then the other thing I wanted to say was, yes, I'm coming into Ian's backyard, show um, yeah, man, he's undefeated, and he's as legitimate of a wrestler as you're going to get. Um, my thoughts on it is it isn't a wrestling match. It's a fight, you know? Um, Absolutely. I've seen his wrestling. I've seen his fighting. And he, and he basically he's one of those wrestlers that's real good at what he does, takes you down, holds you there. And he's the reason why people don't like MMA in England or in other parts of the world, because you don't do anything. You take someone down and you lay on them. That's what he did in tough, and that's what I've seen him do a bunch. I mean, so it's whatever to me. I I think that it's that age-old thing of striker versus uh, grappler, you, you said? I like yeah. that because it's like the early stages of uh like when they used to have like UFC when it first started they would always be putting those scenarios in there you know what I'm saying I think that's cool it's like a
0: throwback I love it man I love it you know you're you're one of you're one of these guys that's kind of like a fighter to the core you know you 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 guy that is uh, has got kind of that uh, you know just that gene I guess you know that innate warrior gene you know where you're going to go out there you're going to leave your leave on your shield uh, win or lose, you're going to know that you've been in there with blood acts yeah. for sure. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of interesting and, you know, what you've said, uh, you know, is there, is it totally off base? You know, Ian had over the the years had developed a bit of a reputation for being a guy that was, you know, a kind of a, a blanket. He's very good at, at wrestling and, and, uh, you know, t- to a degree may have played it safe, if you will, to kind of, you know, yeah. uh, grind out decisions, uh, in the past. So it'll be interesting to see if he feels any kind of pressure to shed that, uh, to shed that, uh, you know, uh, conception about him uh you know because uh, you know the if, if he has uh the aspirations of making it you know back to the ufc or uh to a big show you know they want it they want guys they're going to put on a show they're going to be entertaining so it'll be interesting to see if uh you know if he kind of sheds that and, and uh you know feels any sort of pressure to kind of stand with you which it, and at that point you know it becomes uh certainly very interesting uh, to say the least
2: so my opinion on that is why why All right. So like from a fighter point of view, I mean, take no damage, win fights. But unfortunately for you, if you do that through that method, even boxers, you know, it it doesn't make people happy. But you also don't get brain damage in the process. Um, I think with him and me, he's definitely going to go for what he knows. Uh, He took some time off, I think, for ring anxiety, whatever the fuck that is. Um, So if it's his first fight back in his backyard in five years... And he's also now fighting, I mean, the motherfucker looks like he's in the WWF now. Uh, So, I think that he's going to go for what he knows immediately. Not to say a wrestler won't try to beat your face, and obviously they're going to. But, I mean, I got a lot of striking fights, and I feel pretty confident. I'm not cutting any weight right now. I'm walking around where I'm at. He definitely beats me on the um, physique scale of things. If we were on stage in a physique modeling show, he'd be winning the fucking gold. But... You know, it's a fight. And I think that once he gets tagged once or twice, he's going to shoot. And I think that once he gets pressed, he's going to be forced to shoot. And I think that his heart also isn't in my opinion. If you got ring anxiety, you shouldn't be fighting. If you're scared of some type of failure in yourself, you're going to look for a way out when it doesn't go your way. And, hey, it's a fight. Like I said, he can fucking bang me. He could pick me up, break me over his fucking knee. But. At the end of the day, if I'm punching you in your face a few times, all of a sudden, you might want out of there a little bit, and, and all of a sudden, the shots seem to be a little worse than they fucking really are. That, that's what I'm just saying about him.
0: Absolutely,
2: um, man. But I'm not underestimating him. I want that known right now. I mean, I've tried to talk a little shit to like hype him up. Sure. But he hasn't really bitten, and at the end of the day, it's hard for me to insult somebody. Like, I love, like, I'm not a wrestler. I wrestled a little bit growing up, like first grade through 10th grade. But what the fuck is that? It's nothing compared to him. Like I I respect wrestlers. I like them. So I think they're like the top of the food chain in MMA. So I've been trying to talk shit to him and get under his skin, but I've had so much stuff going on in my personal life and he hasn't really said anything. So it's been hard to start a one-sided fight with someone, especially I'm fucking banned on Facebook 24 seven. So uh, I just figure, you know, yeah, I'm always fucking blocked. I'm always talking shit. Um, so I figure when I see him at the weigh-ins, I maybe comment about the fucking, uh, the, um, who's there, like, you know, the labs he's on, the, the cycle he's running. Maybe that'll get him a little fucking angry. Motherfucker, you don't go from 170 to, like, 270 in five years. He looks like he's Mr. Olympia. He's Joel Romero, the white version. No, but he, he, he's, he's no joke. Um, but neither am I when I start getting in my groove and punching. A lot of people haven't seen what I can do in MMA. Because I fought some, I fought fucking two people. One was a grappler who I was actually winning against. And then the other one was Kevin Mullen. And Kevin Mullen would kill 10 Ian's and 10 Eric's at once. And then I fought John Hall. And that ridiculous scenario ended the way it did. And so no one really got to see anything yet. Um, But I I mean, I'm training for it. And I think he's one dimensional. He thinks I'm one dimensional, but I can do more than he can. In my opinion, he just, he's going to shoot. That's what I think he's going to do.
0: Of course, I've got my co-host, Greg Hopkins, on here with me. Last time you fought, he was calling your fight uh, from the commentary booth for Flow. This time, he's going to be stepping onto the same card with you. He'll be competing right before you. Uh, Greg, what you got for Blood Axe?
4: Uh, what's up, Eric? Man, yeah, I got to I got to commentate on that fight. Yeah, that was unfortunate and very adm- admirable for, uh, you know, grabbing the mic and how you did. You know, hey, you told everybody straight up. He wants to run it back. We can run it back. I know that wasn't a real real deal. You know, that wasn't it. So, Everybody respected you for that, and ever since then, I've Thank been a you. fan, so I've been following you. I've been following you on Facebook, I also kind of been, you know, following you on a personal level, and you know I mean? I hate that all is going on right now, and like, I can understand why you're blocked from Facebook right now and shit, for, for all kinds of reasons, so, but uh, that's why I was kind yeah. of laughing, it's just like, yeah, it's hard, kind of hard to talk shit when you, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you're driving in a car, and somebody cuts you yeah. off, and you you, you kind of mug them, but you got to sneeze, and you shit. You know, I goddamn, I got sneeze. You can't really mug somebody when you're sneezing. You can't look hard when you sneeze or coughing or choking or something like that. That's kind of what it's like. So, I mean, I understand. But uh, and and like you said, it is going to be like a yin yang fight. With, uh, with, with one thing, I always want to touch base on is what you were talking about with the bare knuckle boxing. How do you make that transition from bare knuckle boxing into MMA? Like, tell me, please. Um, it's a a whole other it's a whole other uh, world. So let,
2: let me just address a few of those things quickly. One, thank you for what you were saying. Two. I still don't consider that fight with John Hall a win. Um, other people can say what they want. To, yes, I did catch his kick. And yes, I guess hypothetically, when I swept his leg, that made him land like that and his toe fell off. But that, to me, is not the way a fight should go. So I'm good friends with him. And that's like, you know, two knights having a sword fight and one trips over a rock and the other one chops his head off like did you really win or did the rock win motherfucker so that's not my thing I don't <laughs> like that um, as far as Ian goes again um, the motherfucker I wish I could if I could wrestle like Ian I would be suplexing people through the concrete 24-7 instead of punching them in the face um, so I, I'm kind of a fan of his wrestling ability but I gotta beat him up gotta kick his dick in the dirt so as soon as you guys right. stay down there in fucking Alabama or Tennessee or fucking Georgia <laughs> I'm sorry well, hey, well, you're, um, no, no,
4: you're right. You're right. Well, like you said, man, you're like talking about like all of us down here. We're on the Bible Belt, right? Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. You were talking about Ian earlier. He is a spectacle, obviously. You put him on stage next to any average normal Joe, he's going to look like a fucking, you know, a Greek God or something. He looks, he looks, he's built, he's put together. All right. Now we're talking about you coming from New York up there, or the UK, you know. Uh, yeah. I was going to bring up the uh, bad uh,
2: boxing thing right now. So oh, the sorry, bad uncle boxing it, thing it, is hit it. Okay, the bare-knuckle boxing thing, you said, how do you convert over? To me, it's just a fight. Like, It's hard because when I do bare-knuckle boxing, those guys in England have no wrestling. So you want to beat up an Englishman? Just do a single or a double or a high crotch. Um, I want to shoot half the time I'm fighting, half the time I'm beginning to, and the other half the time I'm about to throw a leg kick or a knee. So it's kind of difficult. I got to constantly check myself, just punch. It's also easy. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. I don't know why everyone acts like bare boxing is the most brutal sport. You're punching me in the mouth with no gloves on. Do you know how many times I've been punched in the mouth with no gloves on by most, I mean, my whole life has been fistfight. Like, so, now think about Ian getting a high crotch on you and smashing your body off the ground and putting knee on belly and hammer fisting your face into a chain link fence. What sounds worse, you know what I mean? Some fucking Englishman punching you three times in the cheek or that. So the bare boxing thing is cool, and it gets me respect, but to me, it's the easiest of all combat sports. Um, I don't got to deal with wrestling. It's fucking tiring. The rounds aren't as long. So um, to me, it's like uh, it, the MMA is more real, realistic, obviously, because you can elbow, kick, knee, fight. It's a fucking fight. The other thing's a boxing match. Um, so that, that's my take on that. I also like the MMA better, I guess, when I'm winning or able to do something, uh, because you have more variables like to just fucking fight like you're in, like, trench warfare. But, yeah, I'm coming down there alone, Um, and I, I go everywhere alone. I, I don't need a team with me. I don't really want one. I was going to have my... I don't know if she's my girlfriend still or my ex-girlfriend. Me and my girl are in, like, a civil war currently, kind of like the North versus the South.
0: Uh, we spoke to her a few so, weeks back.
2: Yeah, I was, we were good when you spoke to her. Um, Me and her about to have an MMA fight on Valor. Actually, you should set that one up, like, your first fucking... Girl versus guy, weight class division, let me and her fucking settle it. No, but um, <laughs> she wanted to come down to this one, but I didn't want her to because I can't focus with that. So I don't really need anyone, and I don't listen to my corners anyway. Like, a corner's going to tell me something. I'm just going to look at him like he's speaking Chinese and whatever. I'm just a fucking fight. I'm going to do whatever I think comes in a moment. You
4: got um, my water, bottle, uh, motherfucker.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah, literally. I want my water, and I want you to tell me if I won or I lost.
4: <laughs> and then everything else you
2: say proceeds to just turn into like gibberish.
4: There you go. Mm. Hey, well, we were—I was—I'm sorry to cut you off on answering that transition question, but like we were talking about the—you uh, were talking about Tennessee and Alabama and how we are down here and whatnot. Like, like you're yep. coming down to the Bible Belt, okay? And we we're talking about Ian and uh-huh. how he looks, all right. And for the people who haven't seen you, and when you come to Saudi Days, and they do see you, you're obviously a spectacle. When you walk into the ring, they don't—they're not going to know who you are. But when they do, their heads are going to turn. And this—this this oh, yeah. is a—this uh, is a huge, huge fight for the people that don't know. Uh, obviously, he's got a big name, and we love you down here. Like I've a kind of you when you did fight John Hall at the, at the Pigeon Force Stadium. That was a hu- that was that, that show was freaking crazy, man. Like that was an absolute—that yeah. was awesome. And ever since then, I've been a big fan. And uh, I appreciate so it. Thank I'm you. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to see you come here, brother. And uh, thank you. I mean, uh, maybe uh, give us give us an outlook on the spot and what you think, man. But before right. before you do that, before you do that, I have one question because I've actually heard heard you heard your story before about why you started MMA, and you're one of the only guys that I know that has made it this far. Me and Tim have talked about yeah. this time and time again about just absolutely not giving a fuck about anything and still making progress in your career and doing well. So please tell me how you got started in MMA and why you started. You're like, what, what got you into it?
2: Um, well, to answer the first part of that question, um, with the Bible Belt stuff, um, I think everyone down south is real cool. I like you guys' culture better. Up here, people will call the police. At least down there, people have a fist fight with you. But because I got all the satanic tattoos and the demonic shit all over me, that might run people the wrong way. And that's good. I like that. What was it? Um, but, you know, yeah, yeah. people are going to see what's up. I, I mean, at the very, you know, so it is what it is. I'm respectful, but I'm also, uh, I'm there to fight. Um, what got me into MMA was just, like I said, I wrestled first to 10th grade. I was boxing at 11. I was always getting in trouble, always fighting with everybody. I could, I'd fight with my fucking own shadow if I could. Um, and then when I was in prison, you know, I was fighting in jail. I was fighting in prison over fucking, like, somebody trying to pay, change the TV and put on Oprah. I'm beating you up <laughs> all the L- 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 yeah, time. Yeah, like, yeah. so, you know, over the course of the time with that, I was in my 20s, and we'd watch MMA, and everyone, you know, you haven't you haven't ran even a mile in three years. You've done a bunch of deadlifts and sucker punched someone in the mouth. And you're like, I could do that. I could beat George St. Pierre. That would be easy. So, yeah. like, <laughs> it, it, you know, like, God's quitting Rampage. Yeah, who the fuck's that? I'd fuck him up. Yeah, you, well, as a then you get out, and then in order to stay out, I was like, "Let me give this a go." Like, I started kickboxing and doing some MMA, and um, I just kind of picked up steam. Like, even right now, my life is in complete turmoil. Me and my girl, seven years, are going through it. But I want to make this very clear: there's no excuse. I feel great in the middle of a storm. Like, it does nothing to affect my performance. I'm not one of the motherfuckers who's going to sit there and cry. No, that just makes me want to drive my fucking elbow through Ian's skull even more. Well, is it, um, so like in the midst of all that turmoil that the fighting became an outlet for me to not go back to prison. Cause ultimately to me, I didn't want to be a paycheck to someone that I didn't like, like the corrections officers. So I knew that if I went back, I would become an extra fucking, uh, BMW car to some fucking sergeant. So I, it became like a, a thing for me, like do anything I can in my power to fuck them motherfuckers. <laughs> and do my own thing with no manager and no big gym and I've gotten all over the world Thailand, England 10 times, 11 times I fought MMA in England fought Paranormal Boxing then I fight MMA for you guys I don't even have a high school diploma I got kicked out like, and now I'm literally doing something that I love and I'm not getting making billions off of it but I'm not getting arrested for it which is fucking nice um, so for me it's like the, the more adversity that's in my face the better I feel Like, I I don't get, like, positive attention. I don't handle it well. If I were to walk into that arena and everybody would start singing kumbaya and clapping, I'd feel sick. I want to hear people, like, yell. I mean, cool. It's nice for those who do like me. But I like it when people want me to lose and scream and curse. And then I can see their faces. And even if I lose, it's still a good fight. It's close. And they're kind of like, oh, wow, you're the real deal. Yeah, motherfucker, I am. Um, (laughs) The other thing was, uh, I'm going to say, highlight of the fight. How do I see the fight going? I'm going to come out and get his fucking face quick. All that muscle, I mean, in my opinion, you're just going to make yourself get tired. I want to see you wrestle like you used to wrestle at 170 at two fucking whatever you are. You've been doing too much bicep curls. I think he's going to gas out, going to fill with lactic acid in about two minutes. If he doesn't get me down, which he's not going to, he's going to be stuck because wrestlers seem to fucking die after they miss their shot. And I'm just going to tee off on him. And I'm going to pick him apart. I'm going to press him immediately. And Ian, again, you're, Ian's one of them guys whose page is private. I guess he thinks, like, so low of his ability, like, you can't see the training. Well, I don't give a fuck. I will highlight my plan on what I'm going to do to you, and then I'll do it. And I'm not, you're going to stop me from doing it. Um, and it's just that. I've been kickboxing a long time. Some, for some fights, it looks like I train in a bakery, you know? It doesn't <laughs> even look like I know how to fight like a fat motherfucker who can't even punch a kick because I got a hundred things going on and I'm out of shape. But this one I've been training for specifically, and I'm going to be honest, I'm 205 pounds. I'm probably lifting a little more than I should be. I'm taking the Ian fucking Stevens fucking route, lifting a little bit, and I'm not planning on a fucking three-round fight. I'll tell you that right now. Not at 205 pounds, not with the way I can punch and not with the way he can wrestle. I'm planning on us colliding and one of us going out in the first round, and if not, by the second round. And if it gets to the third round, well, then I guess it's going to be he's got the stronger mindset because I'm going to be fucking tired. Uh, you know, he's going to be fucking tired. It's going to look like, like two guys that have no business fighting in the third. Um, he's yeah. just keeping it, you know, keep it real. Yeah,
1: he's
2: just keeping it real. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm not some triathlon. Like, you know, I, I today, like, I'm on weight already. So I was doing my, my weight. My, I'm on weight right now. So I did my sprints. Then I did some hill sprints outside. Then I ran five miles today and I left and I was like, what do I want to eat? I'm going to have a uh, blueberry muffin. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. Like, it's not like I was like Ian's like measuring grapes out with his fucking propionate and his paws and his train. He's like, yes, I need to get this perfect physique. Yeah, we know you got great abs, motherfucker. We get it. What was it? But I'm going to kick you in them. So it is what it is. Yeah. And the other thing I want to say is all that wrestling you do is great. Your physique's great. The juice you're on is great, probably better than most people I know. But my legs are still bigger than yours.
3: Oh.
2: You still look like an avocado on two toothpicks. <laughs> well, man, it, I'm stoked
0: for it, brother. I mean, We're always excited to have you down here. And uh, it's going to go down Thank in you. just about a week, man. And uh, we're pumped for it. Before we let you go, I'll we'll let you give some shout-outs where they're due, training partner sponsors, uh, friends, family, anybody that uh, deserves some love. I'll let you have it.
2: All right, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm going to give a shout out to my girlfriend, ex girlfriend, friend, best friend, Rebecca uh, Brigman. Um, you know, I wouldn't have gotten this far in my career if it wasn't for her, even though currently she's making me want to fucking do some like Jack the Ripper shit. Um, and, you know, she, she's been a very, she is the biggest part of all my training. If she hadn't been there over the years to stand by me and all that, I would have never fucking made it um, as far as I have. Then I want to give a shout out to training partners like Christian Acerbo even though he's annoyed me a little bit right now and I haven't been talking to him a little bit. Um, and then Anthony Giacchina is another one. Um, you know, all the guys at Long Island MMA that I'm rolling with and, and the jiu-jitsu classes and the wrestling and all that, thank you guys. Um, sponsor-wise, uh, Secrets was a sponsor, but yeah, they're, they're a strip club up here, cool. Um, and, you know, just thank you to my friend Brianna Wick and Alex Bredosian. They do all my meals so I don't look like a tube of toothpaste. Um, <laughs> but it depends on how much I stick to them. When I'm fighting at 205, I could like, oh, do nine fucking sets of fucking cleaning jerks tonight. I can go eat fucking ice cream. So, <laughs> you know, that's relative. That's my fault, not them. Thank you to those guys. Um, and yeah, that, that's basically it. And anyone that I forgot, I'm sorry. I'm fucking brain dead and I'm stressed out. So don't fucking hate me for it. Uh, yeah. So thank you guys most of all for giving me the opportunity. And, um, oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Just, I'm looking forward to give everybody a good fight. Ian, Listen to this motherfucker. Put down the fucking needle and listen. Fight me. Stop. Don't fucking wrestle me. Fight me. Now, I'm not saying you can't try to incorporate your wrestling, but nobody wants to see you hit a beautiful double leg and then hold me there. Be like Khabib. At least he tries to finish people. Don't fucking lay on me like a big fucking futon. It's boring. You're going to bore me to death. Beat me up. Knock me out. Tool. Suplex me. Break something. Don't fucking just go for a single or a double and then fucking lay on me because I'm going to do something illegal. If you do it, I'll poke you in the fucking eye. (laughs) What is it? So, you know, whatever. I'm going to do a
0: fucking 12 to 6 elbow to the crown of your skull. Well, don't fucking do it with me. (laughs) You heard it here, so, Blood Axe, Eric Olson, getting ready to come down into enemy territory next weekend. He's the co-main event, Valor 64. Oh, it's not enemy
2: territory. It's my territory, by the yeah, way, and, just so you come, know.
0: Come, coming Ian, down to, to, to his own territory, his home away from yeah. home, down here in Tennessee, where uh, he he, uh, he is always welcome, of course. And if, if you've never not seen Eric in action before, I suggest you check him out. He always puts on a show, uh, consummate yeah. professional. Can't wait to have you out he here next week. <laughs> doesn't put on a
3: show. What's that? Ian doesn't put on a
0: show. Ian doesn't put on a show. He, well, he beautiful to have a, a good entertaining fight. That's what I'm hoping for. Exactly, <laughs> Ian. I'm coming down over the Mason
2: Dixon line to kick your little fucking Mississippi dick in the dirt. Yeah, so that's <laughs>
0: that.
1: <laughs>
0: Thanks so much, Eric. We appreciate the time, yes, and we will uh, we will see you in one short week. I'll be uh, scooping you up yes, at sir. the airport a week from today. Thank you, guys. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much to our guests for joining us tonight. Logan Neal, uh, Billy Swanson, Hefe, uh, Terrence Hodges, and also, of course, Eric Bloodaxe Olsen. You can catch all these cats next weekend at Valor 64. It goes down to Saudi Daisy Wrestling Arena. You get your tickets at fighterticks.com. Pick your favorite fighter you're coming to support, or you can watch it live on Flow Combat uh, that's going to wrap it up for today, guys. We've got uh, you know a big show next week. Of course, we'll be doing our Valor uh, sixty four picks and preview panel. We'll talk to a couple more guys from that card, and uh, we'll do a recap of this UFC Mexico City. Uh, for my hosts, Justin Watson and Greg Hopkins, uh, this is Tim Loy signing off for another edition of the Valor Hour. We are out.
1: This is a sitting ringside with David Penzer quick fix on radio influence.
2: This week on city ringside brought to you by my bookie as impact wrestling scores to deal with access TV and the NFL season is in full swing. Who better to talk to than former two-time impact grand champion
5: moose. Some played out. I've gotten it easier than others. And that might be true. in, in a sense, the way I got introduced to ring of honor was, um, it was a weird situation. And, um, I, and you were 100% right. When I first started at Ring of Honor, um, was I ready for that spotlight? Probably not. But I think I had the experience of being in the NFL playing in front of, having to perform in front of 60,000 people every Sunday, you know? So that huge spotlight wasn't anything for me. It wasn't something that was going to blow me out the park or um, I wasn't going to be ready for it. um And um, I had the pleasure of working with some of the best wrestlers in the world at Ring of Honor. Uh, And without that experience, I definitely wouldn't be where I am today.
1: Sitting ringside with David Fenzer can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.